You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And I don't know if you've heard or not, but the United States Post Office recently unveiled four new working dog stamps. And Whistle and I are so excited to have as our guest today, Bill Glicker from the U.S. Postal Service Stamp Services, and he's the creative director there, and stamp artist John Thompson. And these gentlemen played a big role in the development of these new working dog stamps, and they're here today to tell us about them and how these stamps were created. So come right back after these quick messages from our sponsors as we welcome Bill Glicker and John Thompson to the show. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where the healthy pets go. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radial root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We'd like to welcome our guests today, Bill Glicker and John Thompson. Welcome. Thank you. We're so happy that you could be with us today to tell us about these wonderful new stamps that everybody's buzzing about. So, Bill, can you tell us who came up with the idea of a working dog stamp? Well, the working dog stamp came about through the Citizen Stamp Advisory Committee. They're a group of citizen volunteers who meet four times a year to help the Postmaster General of the United States Postal Service um, decide on the annual stamp programs, both from a subject standpoint and design standpoint. Um, We had been getting a lot of 
correspondence over the years from the public requesting a war dog stamp. So we, in listening to that request, uh, decided to expand it a little bit and do a block of four that covered uh, four different areas that dogs perform in, basically. Wow, that's so cool. Who knew there was a citizen stamp advisory group? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how do you get on that group? That sounds like a really fun thing to do. There's different ways of getting on the committee, and they uh, are picked sometimes by the Postmaster General himself and sometimes through our own research to figure out subject areas that we need their advice on. Oh, that's so cool. And so people were coming forward saying that they wanted a war dog stamp, and I'm sure other dog stamps, because as much as we all love our dogs, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you get requests for that all the time. Whenever we put a dog on a stamp, it's always a big seller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what was the process for getting the stamp approved? Basically, the the process goes through uh, the Citizen Stamp Advisory Committee. They first develop a creative work plan that covers the subject area that they want covered. And that's, um, you know, we do a certain amount of research. And that's how we came up with the four, the search dog, the comfort dog. And then one of our art directors, we have five contract art directors who work with us, and they choose an artist. In this case, Howard Payne, our art director, chose John, and uh, they worked together on developing the design. Once the design was developed, it came back to the committee for final approval, and uh, that's basically it in a nutshell. Wow. And how were the four dogs chosen? The four dogs themselves, I think John might have to weigh in on that one. The, uh, you know, John was given the four areas, whether it be, you know, a comfort dog or a search dog. But then uh, it was kind of between Howard, the art director, and John. John, would you like to speak to that? Yes. Uh, actually, when it started out, this was a 10-dog project. And there were many, many more categories. And Howard came up with most of them. And I probably came from the advisory board before that. So I only got involved at the stage where Howard called me. I knew who Howard was by reputation. I remember him from the National Geographic, where he was the art director there, and we've kept in touch, you know, randomly over the years. And eventually, I ran into him someplace and, and gave him a book, I had children's book, I had done. and he liked the way I painted. And he did not really care that I wasn't necessarily a dog artist, although I have done dogs. That wasn't Howard's main concern. He wanted a good painter. And and I admired the whole approach he was using there. He was just a ball to work with as an art director. So we came up, and eventually I just started drawing as many categories as possible. I would go, he was never breed conscious at all. He said, if a dog can do a job, that's all we're concerned about. And if a little dog can do a big job, you know, whatever, or a big dog can do a little dog's job, that's great. So what we ended up doing was I eventually broke it down into about 12 categories. And then I, I didn't even know the format of the stamp, actually, at that point, whether it be horizontal or vertical. So I came to, you know, originally came up with sled dogs, tracking dogs, guide dogs, birding dogs, search and rescue, dogs that assist the disabled, therapy dogs, comfort dogs, hunting and retriever dogs, war dogs, police dogs, sector dogs, etc. We would just keep drawing until they eventually started, I think, putting categories together. That's why war dog and police dog probably got combined to tracking dog, etc. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's awesome. What a fun project okay. for you, John, to get to draw yeah, all those dogs. Yeah, and tell us now, how did they narrow it down to those four? I'm not sure. As oh. I say, I think it might have been partially combining categories. But like I would, 
you know, I do sheep herding dogs and cattle dogs. And then eventually you realize, well, we don't need, probably need two kinds of herding dogs. You know, so eventually that became a decision that was done at post office. Well, it seems like Howard really had a huge impact, and that's so great that you already knew him and had that working relationship with him. Yeah, he's so, someone I mostly knew, by, as I, I said, saved by reputation. And, you know, Howard is a major figure, I'm sure, at the Postal Service, yeah. and, as well as he is in the role of illustration. John, when you were, were looking at, at doing the artwork, how did you develop the dogs? I mean, did you do it by dogs that you knew, or how did you go about doing that? Actually, it was a mixture of both. In a couple cases, like on the rescue dog, that's a real rescue dog that was involved in the search and rescue after 9-11. And then the guide dog, I, it was mostly the harness. That was the difficult part. So it was easier to actually find a blind person and use her dog. So in those two cases, I'm using the actual dog that did the job. And the other two, on the comfort dog and on the war dog, I actually use friends' dogs. Like on the war dog... I used the friend's dog, uh, a yellow lab, and then we found a soldier who'd been in Iraq. And although he hadn't worked with dogs that much in Iraq, he had witnessed it a lot. So he was pretty familiar with what to do. So he already had the uniform, the boots, everything. And so we just went out and, and kind of reenacted it. And on the comfort dog, that was a riot because I would try any number of dogs to be a comfort dog. My own dog, which was a Bichon Brigade, I tried her. And then I eventually ended up with a Welsh Springer Spaniel. And, you know, he was a wonderful dog. And, and we actually reenacted that one with um, the dog and my mother-in-law. You know, <laughs> so she became the lady on the stamp, and, and, and the dog was actually my brother and sister-in-law's dog. Wow. So I had a combination of, of, of model dogs and a real dog. <laughs> yeah, how fun. And, and what wonderful keepsakes of having those personal pieces in there. That's yeah, really nice. Part, yeah, both sport dogs actually were mortalized. You know, those, those are real dogs, <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful. I love that and love the four working dogs that were chosen. I mean, those represent so much of, of the wonderful jobs that dogs do every day. That's so cool. So how long did it take you to create all of this? When did you start? You know, it's funny because I, I had to start thinking back on it, the way I posted. And I don't think I realized it until I started thinking. This probably took a year to do this project. That's pretty so quick matter, for all yeah, this. Yeah, first I went out and, and made a lot, I mean, like a hundred of drawings. They kept doing it. Then I would submit things to Howard and we'd go, they would keep going back and forth. And then the committee would, would narrow it down. And, and then we'd get researchers involved to help us with other parts of it until we finally came down to, you know, to actually painting the stamps. Then, then mm-hmm. I had to go down, you know, refine my drawings. And then I made color comps. And then Howard would work up designs for the stamps. And then he would say, okay, we're going to need, you know, room for the for the numbers and the words, that kind of thing. And then I would do my drawing based on his layout. What a cool process. Is this the first time you've ever done a stamp, John? Yes, it is. Okay. And so, and I think you said, Bill, that there are a group of artists that the post office contracts with? Well, art directors. We have five art directors that work under contract to the Postal Service, and then they go out and contract with artists. We actually, the contracts go through us, but um, they choose the artists. There are sort of a pool of artists that we have worked with before and we go back to on a regular basis, but we're always trying to find new talent and have a different look on stamps. So we're always out there looking for new artists. Wow. So if an artist wanted to get involved with that, what should they do? 
they can, if they want to send in a uh, portfolio to us, we can't return anything, but um, just so they, that people would know that up front, but send it in to our offices. And I can give the address if you'd like. And, yeah, that'd uh, be great. Please. Okay. It would come to Stamp Design, 475 L'Enfant Plaza, capital L, apostrophe, capital E-N-F-A-N-T Plaza, Southwest, room 3300, Washington, D.C., 20260-3501. That's great. What an opportunity. And I, I hope our listeners will take you up on that because <laughs> that would be such a fun gig to actually get mm-hmm. to work work and design that. And it seems like such a, an awesome process that, that really evolves with a lot of input. Every stamp issue is a, a different experience and it's all to a good end. Yeah, definitely. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we hope you'll come right back as we continue visiting with John and Bill and hear more about how these beautiful stamps came to be. So come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. 
Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with John Thompson, who's the stamp artist, and Bill Glicker from the U.S. Postal Service. And we're talking about the four new working dog stamps that have just been released. And the artwork is just so beautiful. And I was wondering, John, are prints of the art available that people could purchase? Yeah, actually, I've made G-clay prints, which which is actually a French word for, I think, ink spray. But uh, it sounds much better calling it declay. But yeah, I actually pulled prints that are the actual size of the art. And the art, I'm sure, for most stamps is not very big. Uh, in this particular case, they're 10 inches high by 6 inches wide, the artwork. And they look pretty much like the original because it's a really beautiful printing process. I actually can pull them on demand that way. I don't need to do huge runs. They're, done, they're one print at a time. Oh, nice. And how much are they? I can make those available for like $100 a piece. And, $100 and, you know, each. Having a little shipping on for wherever, you know, if somebody lives in Alaska or somebody lives in the next town, the price might be a little bit different. But just, that's about it. It's about $100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And how can our listeners reach you if they want to order a Jaclay? Probably email be the best way. I don't know how most people Yeah, like emails, email's great. Okay, that oh. would be J as in John, M as in Michael. That's us, J-M-T-H-O-M-0-1 at S-Y-R dot E-D-U. Okay, great. Thank you for that, because I know a lot of our listeners may want those because they're so beautiful. I know, I think I might need some of those myself. Those are really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So tell us, Bill, how do you determine the value of the stamps? I I think these are 65-cent stamps. They are, yes. The value itself is really determined by the Postal Rate Commission. That's the value that basically the 65 cents covers the second ounce rate for stamps. So what then happens is we know we have to fill that slot and then we try to find um, something that we think the public would would find attractive. So that's how the, the dogs end up in that rate. Okay. And will that rate ever change or is that... Uh, yes, it probably most likely will change by next year, although sometimes it goes two years. Okay, so whenever the postal fees change exactly. is when that, that would change. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Uh-huh. I was wondering, what's the life of a stamp? Is it indefinite or is it no. only available for a period of time? You know, there's two ways of looking at that. The stamps never expire, so certainly you can always use it once you have it. But they'll stay on sale basically for the life of the rate. So when the rate changes, these stamps would then no longer be available for sale through the United States Postal Service, but they would still be available through the secondary market. Oh, okay, okay. So can you tell us a little bit about that other market? Basically, it's the uh, stamp collector's 
and dealers throughout the country. Um, you know, some of them are very small shops and some of them are, are rather large, but they will buy a quantity to have um, into the future, basically, so that if someone wanted the stamps after they were no longer for sale through the USPS, they would have an option to buy them through the through the dealers. Ah, okay. Well, I was wondering if there were any special stamp collector opportunities that were out there. If you buy them in bulk, are there some deals or is it the face value? It's face value. Um, Stamps are essentially the equivalent of U.S. currency, so they can't be discounted. They're good for the rate that they're assigned. And we can't, the USPS cannot change that. A dealer could could do something in the aftermarket, but from our standpoint, they are 65 cent stamps, no matter if you buy one or if you buy 6,000. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wondered about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I was wondering, are you thinking, John, about working on another project with the post office or is this? Yeah, I have another stamp I've done for the post office that hasn't come out yet. I, I noticed the way it works is you basically do the job and then the stamp apparently goes into inventory. And then when that category comes up, each year, then your stamp comes out, and then everybody's out. Obviously, sworn to secrecy as <laughs> to what the project is until the stamp actually comes out. Okay, so you can't tell no, us. But yeah, you know, but it was such a wonderful <laughs> project. I would, you know, I would, I would do another stamp in a minute. You know, that's just one of the. And I yeah. think most illustrators, this is one of the plum assignments that everybody, you know, is always looking for, and you know, one of those things that just sort of adds to your whole career. You know, oh, yeah. Things. Yeah, it's such a contribution. I mean, like you said, it's just such a long-term contribution that you've made. That's just so awesome. And yeah, it does seem like the dream gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's funny because I've probably gotten more notice on this stamp than any other job I've ever done. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, mean, get it from, I get it from regular people that just say, oh, is that a Springer Spaniel? My dog is a Springer Spaniel. You know, that kind of thing. And, and you know, if, or I get it from organizations or I get it from, you know, people like you. And I go, well, this is great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think there's probably more the dogs that are getting attention than me. <laughs> 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 well, I have to say, as living with a working dog for over 20 years, when I go out in public, people are hollering, hey, whistle. And oh, yeah, hey, can't remember your name. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just with Whistle. Yeah, that's just the way it is. The dogs always upstage us. <laughs> yeah, so tell us, how can our listeners purchase these stamps? The stamps are available through any uh, postal outlet. So, you know, your local post office. Uh, they can also be found on usps.com backslash shop. They can be ordered by telephone through our 1-800-STAMP-24 line. And um, for other information on the background of stamps or or sort of the stories behind the stamps, we have a site that's called beyondtheperf.com, which is a sort of behind-the-scenes look at stamps. Okay, cool. And can you spell that out for us, beyondtheperf, P-E-R-F? P-E-R-F. The, okay. uh, the wavy line on the outside of a stamp is called the perforation. Yeah. So this is the stories beyond the perf. And is that .gov or .com? .com. Okay, great. I know I always think when I purchase my stamps online that I should be doing USPS.gov, but it's <laughs> USPS.com. <laughs> Either will work, actually. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Well, are there any other working dog stamps in the works, or is it too secret that you can't tell us? Well, we don't reveal what's coming up 
in future years, but I can tell you right at the moment, there isn't a specific plan for working dogs, but with the popularity of dogs, there are definitely dogs coming in the future. Yeah. So can you tell us about some of the dogs you've had in the past? Yeah. One of the last stamps that we had come out um, in 2011 was the Oni stamp. Um, Oni was a postal dog and uh, we honored him on a stamp just last year. Oh, that's great. Proven and to be what's, very successful. What's been your biggest selling dog, do you know? That's hard to say. Oni did very, very well. It actually sold out. Before this, we've had Adopt-A-Shelter Pet, which featured both dogs and cats. We also had a spay-neuter stamp several years ago that had um, a puppy and a kitten on it. So they <laughs> literally just sell out when we put stamps out with dogs. Yeah. They're hugely popular. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, we've been so excited about the working dogs, and it's so great that you were able to do four instead of just having to narrow it down to one. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine how the committee could have narrowed it down to one. <laughs> no, um, I don't, it didn't make sense. Yeah. They're just too well-loved. Yes, they are. Well, and the war dog, that's such a popular thing right now, or at least it's more in the news that people are hearing about the military dogs. And so I'm so glad that there was one that was designated as a war dog. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Well, and so, John, you said you mentioned earlier that you had done a children's book. Do you want to tell us the name of that? Because I'm sure our listeners would love to check that out. Yeah, yeah, I've actually done several children's books, but the specific book, that was it's called Freedom Like Sunlight, and it's called Praise Songs for Black Americans. And that is the book that I gave Howard. We ran into each other at the Norman Rockland Museum. I was doing a workshop there, and he was uh, he was doing putting together a show for National Geographic. And and he lo- he loved the paintings so much. But that, that was you know they're all portraits. And uh, so that's the book. I've also done a book called The Flying Bed, about a a, a magic bed that flies over Florence. And I've got oh. a book called the Christmas in the Big House, Christmas in the Quarters. That's a book about uh, the last year after the Civil War and how everything would be different from that point since mm. there wouldn't be any paper anymore than what would happen. But what happened was, the, you know, the, the, the author went in and wrote down recipes and all the customs that took place. So I, I get involved mostly in books that are adults and children can read more family books. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, what a diverse topic area. I mean, that that's really wonderful. And do you have a website, John, where our listeners could go to to get yeah, these? Yeah, johnthompson-artist.com. Okay, great. So johnthompson-artist.com because we definitely yeah, want to make Yeah, there's this. a lot of people named John Thompson. And yeah. if you just put John, John Thompson and you're going to get basketball coaches and everything else. Well, and we want John Thompson the artist. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to find our many John Thompson artists as well. So be yeah. patient. Because, yeah. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> wonderful. It sounds like you have quite the body of work that I'm sure our listeners are, are going to want to check out. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Well, we certainly appreciate you two being with us today, and I've learned a lot about the post office and how it works. And I have one last question for you, Bill, and that is, if someone wants to suggest an idea for a stamp, how do they do that with that Citizens Advisory Group? Yes, they address it to the Citizen Stamp Advisory Committee, and then it's the same address that I gave you earlier, which is uh, 475 L'Enfant Plaza, Southwest, room 3300, Washington, D.C., 20260, 
1-800-273-5301. Okay, great. And so anybody could just submit one, an idea or even if could they submit, does it have to be like a little proposal? No, it just can be just an idea. Um, we get petitions, we get over 40,000 suggestions a year. So we have a whole um, process for cataloging and keeping track of everything that comes in. And then ideas that meet um, the basic stamp criteria go before the Citizen Stamp Advisory Committee for consideration. That's great. Well, I know in the past, I actually worked with a group and we had a cancellation stamp. We -hmm. requested that be created. Can you tell us what a cancellation stamp is and how that process would work? Uh, A cancellation is essentially a a special cancellation. Um, It might have a picture, it might not. And basically, you would work with your local post office if you were having an event or something going on like that to see if they'd be willing to work with you. And they would um, have a, a special cancellation that had your event and the dates, and it would be available probably on that day or during your event if you had a multi day event. Well, we would love to have a cancellation stamp for International Assistance Dog Week, which is a celebration that we're really excited about that happens every year. So maybe we should do that. Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, thank you two so much for being with us today. It's so exciting to hear about this worthwhile project. And thank you for the work that you've done to honor working dogs. We really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Great. Well, we're so sorry that we're out of time, but we're so glad that you, our listeners, could be with us today. And we love hearing from you. So please keep those emails coming at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And we'll be sure to list some of these websites that our guests shared with you today so that you can get in touch with them. If you have any suggestions or, or want to move forward with a stamp creation of your own that you'd like to suggest, then we certainly encourage you to do that and we'll make that information available. So thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to you coming back real soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.